down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. special holiday edition and end of year edition. Everyone else, this is Becoming Our Boxing Day morning and hopefully you've had a wonderful time with family, friends or in your own beautiful company. And regardless, I hope you are doing nothing but having the best of life. I am once again joined by the mogul Dustin Henshaw and a scarred one, Ridvan Martinez. Hello, gents. Hey, Hello. I've definitely gained at least five pounds now. Yeah, by now I will have, by the time you're listening to this, I will be a fatter man. There is it's undoubtedly. 100% a fatter man. Uh, I'm just getting into the zone for the ogre army to come for old world. I just, just I'm zoning in. I'm getting like gut ready. <laughs> oh, that, uh, I, I am doing what else wrong. And that, that's the, my you are. dude, you're, you're, yeah, you, you need to come over to the, come over to the, the great. Mall. I've already great. dug a hole in the backyard where I will continue my <laughs> mummification process. That's it. That's it. I thought you're digging to the great mall, but never mind. That, that was no. also a fine answer. Yes, yes, you do. You, you, you just, uh, yeah, yeah. The, definitely not the Necrons. Um, no. Oh, wow. Is that no. why you play? You played Necron once and now you're a Tomb King player? I've been so, a Tomb King player. Oh, you know what? It's actually kind I've of adding up now. Necron now play. Play. No. No. Although, no. I will say the name Skari was originally my Tomb King name. There you go. Well, I refute all of that actual evidence and I go with my head cannon. So, I, <laughs> sorry, mate. You played yeah. Necron once, and now he's tainted for life, and he only likes dead <laughs> or und- or bone-related. <laughs> bone-related? Um, right. Gets kinky all of a sudden in the podcast over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're doing our naughty or nice list, uh, but also we have some patron questions. We're just going to answer those, and we're going to get out of here and get back to our families. But the first question comes from Ben Crather. Obviously, if you want to get involved with these part twos and all this juicy, spicy second half of the things, you can just go over Patreon, go to Art of World Down Under, sign up, give us a couple of bucks. There is a phenomenal amount of content there for you to go back and look after, look at, listen to. Uh, but Ben Crather asks, um, could you ask each guest what their top three niche rules they like to pop out in uh, current 10th edition? Recently, I've become aware of deploying out of for sisters to prevent overwatch crossbows and the grenade strat uh, for something nice then i suppose so the top three rules that you guys find are game changes or uh, things that can be distilled down so the things you, you like to pull out as being like these are the little things i'm gonna use to try and you know get an edge or skill-based little niche rules uh, to wield dustin mm, might have to think about those ones because i mean niche there's definitely a lot of them i'm just trying to think of the ones that i find to be game changing. Ugh. Well, let me start. I'll go, go ahead. Yeah, you go. One of the rules that I think is the most useful rules are move again rules. Yep. Anything yep. that's move again. So scourge. Is that niche though? <laughs> well, it is. Not everybody has access to them. Oh, shut They're up. like very, very. <laughs> I'm going to rub okay. it in more. Okay. Move again rules. I think are very good. But like it in Nicheville, which is 1% of uh, Drukari matchups, right? Or Drukari players of the planet. Um, the Venom, jumping back into a Venom after yep. in the fight phase. That's a very niche rule, which allows you to play some really wacky stuff like get out of a Venom with a unit that has all guns, make the Venom do an action, press buttons, and then have the unit shoot and then hop back in. So you still like have them in the Venom 
but they got to shoot, but the Venom did the action, right? So there's cool stuff like that. Um, another one being if you can like have a gets hot weapon on a vehicle and you have like a firing deck on a vehicle and your Mm -hmm. vehicle has only three wounds left, you can try shoot with the guys inside with get hot weapons. Hey, don't take mine to take, to do damage to a vehicle. (laughs) And then when the vehicle dies, then the unit can shoot as well. Yeah. Yeah. I taught you that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I, uh, I used it, okay? I've used it. Okay, well, I'm going to expand on that because this is why I brought it up with Scary. Because before there was the time, I, it's been it's since been changed. I may or may not have been partially responsible for it, but there was a time that the one shots, one shot items like <clears throat> demo charges could be fired out of a vehicle and they do not count towards the one shot. So you can fire all the demo charges, you can fire like. With uh, the if you have two saboteurs and say ten acolytes with four demo charges in there, you can fire seven demo charges because the truck has one as one as well. Yep. Fire several demo demo charges. You can have the truck die because of the hazardous on the acolytes and the truck demo charges, and then yep. they can all fire them again after they get demo out. charge. Yeah, <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> that was that was an each one that I took to a tournament, and uh, that was. It was not okay. It was not okay. No, no, we all know it's not okay, Dustin. Yeah, that was not okay. <laughs> and you did it I anyway. Fought Chaos Space Marines, and yeah, they died to one squad. Good, <laughs> good. Uh, they deserve to die anyway. Heretics. Um, any others you can think of, Sky? Uh, any uh, anything that has to do with like coherency, right? So like yeah. being able to—that's something that is a transferable skill that you've used that I've used for many many years. Um, also don't necessarily have to use the best save that you have on a unit. So if you want a unit to die, you can try take the worst save slash re-roll a past save to try and fail it. If you mm-hmm. absolutely need something to die to free something up or make sure that your opponent can't like, you know, t- tie you up in combat, etc. So just things like that. Dustin, any else you can think of? Uh, the charging rule where you have to, you cannot if you can if you have if you can base something you have to base it you can manipulate that so you can block yep. your other models from basing it so then you can actually do a lot more movement shenanigans like you used to be able to there's just little things like that you get if you read the rules like that if you block yourself from not being able to base it now now suddenly you can use that charge rule to uh do some do some fancy stuff with it because now mm-hmm. you don't have to end in base because you can't <laughs> Agreed. Um, I like to. Or one of the ones I always found is weird, and um, there's a lot of different timings on sticky objectives. When sticky objectives unstick, um, that's right. Yeah, there are some. There are some that only unsticky at the end of the turn or the command phase. Yep. There, there are some. There are some that unsticky at the end of um, any phase. Right. I think mm-hmm. there's a couple. Still I think a sticky is is end of turn or start of turn. I think that's pretty standard. Those are the two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always like having sticky. I think sticky is a very powerful, very powerful niche thing that not everybody can do. And if your army can do it, I think you should use your behoven to do it. Um, uh, one of my favorite ones is the way scout and infiltrate interact. If you have any model in your army that can have both scout and infiltrate, that is a premium unit. I don't care how many points it is, you should consider it. Um, because having those two on the same thing is just such a flexible nuisance, amazing, amazing thing to have. Um, but moving on uh, to Daniel Ford, um, I have recently been building lists around fixed secondaries. 
Um, do you guys build lists around fixed or do you prefer the randomness of tactical um, or is it army dependent? I personally, philosophy is that I always want I want to build an army that can, does have the option to take fixed. Every single army wants to have the option to take fixed. Um, but I, 80% of the time, I'll be playing tactical is the current is currently where I'm sitting in the game at the moment. And that is with knowledge of the fact that I'm, I'm mostly playing Chaos Knights at the moment. Um, but Dustin, what's your philosophy? Uh, for the most part, I want to build the list the same way. I want to make sure that I can do both. One of the deciding factors for me a lot of the time is, one, is my army good at, at doing tactical, which GSC is incredible at doing it. So obviously literally I, probably the best in the game. Yeah, literally probably the best in the game at doing it. So like for me, it's not like, but when I play Tyranids, for example, we'll use that as a better example then because they can do both for sure because they have biovore and spores, which are just, they're so valuable for 75 points. But anyway, I always build my list so I, it can do both. But one of the, one of the core philosophies in terms of what I'm going to be basing it on is if my list needs help getting CP. And Tyranids generally do need help with CP because the only way they can reliably generate it is by killing characters with their lictors or paying 270 points for a swarm lord. And that's, that's how they get CP. So dang. Generally speaking, they, if, if you're playing a list that needs the CP, then you want to play tactical because there'll be those times you get a card that you don't can't do and you just get your CP for it. So it's a better way that when you're playing tactical, if you have if you have reliable ways to gain CP already, then it's kind of a waste when you get those cards that you can't score. You either like, oh, I hope I can score next turn, but now my opponent knows I'm gonna try and score it so they can try and stop it. So that's a big, big part of my decision-making process is if my army needs the CP, has reliable ways of doing it, then I, I do. I, I need, I need the tactical for the CP potential as well. Beautiful, Scary. What's your philosophy there? So I do prefer tactical, just overall. Um, however, yes, I'm very much in your vein where you need to be able to do fixed in the situation yep. that warrants it. A lot of the times, that has to do mainly with um like how you feel you go you have to play the game in front of you yeah. because a lot of the times you know it's about just that gaming mentality and and the practice comes in understanding when taking tactical or taking fixed is a trap right mm -hmm. and i think that comes a lot with with just practice because a lot of the times if you get into the the mindset of oh i'm just going to do tactical all the time you know you'll miss the one time where fixed would have been better. Right? Correct. You yeah. And there's a lot of people who have gotten very comfortable with tactical. And I think that it does help when folks are like, you know, flexible enough to be like, I just like the randomness of tactical because I don't really necessarily need a game plan. I just formulate the game plan as I go, right? Mm. Um, and a lot of people are more comfortable with that style of gameplay, which is fine. It's just sometimes you're like, well, if I play tactical, I have to be ready to go anywhere at any point in time. And that yep. isn't necessarily how I need to play into your army. It would be better to just be like, in this corner, this corner, and this corner for the whole game, force you mm. to like come to me, and then just send one sacrificial unit to the middle to press a button, and do that multiple turns in a row. And then that would just be better, because I, then I don't like lose as many tools, or like sacrifice as much stuff, and I can just play conservatively. Anyway, be flexible. Yeah. Agreed. Um, next question by Daniel. Um, how do you guys deal with salty players? Essentially, someone saying things like, that's stupid. My army has nothing like that rule. I always, I'm always friendly and happy in my games, but it doesn't always rub off on them, and their attitude can sometimes ruin my games. Um, 
Dustin, how do you start with Scar on this one? Because I want to hear what he has to say about this. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be, he's just like, I'm just going to smother them in kindness. I'm going to be absolutely lovely being uh, on this planet, and my aura is going to suffuse into their skin, and they are not going to be salty anymore. (laughs) That's exactly what Scar is going to say. Go on, mate. Uh, It's about being so, like, it's about being sort of like emotionally aware of what they're going through, right? Like, if somebody's just having a salty time, Number one, you have to kind of be careful what kind of person they are because there are some people who, no matter how much energy you give them, they will soak up all the energy and yes. and it's like a void, right? It's like a void of negativity and no matter how much you pour into it, it will never change. And you have to be very good at identifying that and don't try to make it better if that's the case because you will exhaust yourself and i've been at that point where they won't vibe with you right so at that point in time you just have to like just kind of nod and go along with it you mean like oh yeah ha ha you know that's too bad right but you don't want to like you know like just don't take it personally but at the same time Maybe if you have a choice to play them next time during game night, maybe you uh, play a different person, right? Like, <laughs> you know, be police it that way. Dustin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with that is, like, one, you have to, like Scar said, you kind of have to gauge the kind of person that they are and the personality they are. Because most of the time, and I'll say nine times out of ten, if somebody's getting that salty and that, like, down on themselves and it, you trying to cheer them up and convince them, no, no, you're fine, it's fine, and like, whatever, it, it, you don't. It just makes It'll it worse. Piss them off more. Yeah, it just yeah. pisses them off. Like generally, when that happens with me, I just agree with them over and over again. They say, "Yep, you're right. This is dumb." Like it, it doesn't matter if they're right or not. They're in that zone. There's no getting them out of it. Just kind of be down there. It's like, yeah, man, this is dumb. I don't know why. They, I don't know why they let this happen. Like, yeah, I, I, I come back on a five plus. It's, it's bullshit, man. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it sucks, right? Yeah, you should, you should get that too. Everybody, everybody should get that. Your army should just kick the crap out of mine, no matter what I do. That's much better. But I mean, obviously, yeah. So you're just, yeah, it's more. <laughs> but, of a, you're more taking a placatory role. Yeah, exactly. Because I've tried. I've tried to. Take the opposite route and you know try to convince them. Otherwise, like, no, no. So I think, but it's just yeah. Don't don't yeah. do that. <laughs> don't do so, that. So, uh, I'm putting my counselor hat on. Um, there's a couple of different ways to go about it. it. Depends how much rapport I actually have with the with the individual and whether you can identify if they are just a salty burger, as in like this is just they are just a salty individual and this is just how they are, or if they're having some adverse reaction to something on the table, like mm-hmm. they have just having an emotional reaction. Because saltiness is emotion. It's just it's just yep. a negative it's neg- negative emotion, um, and they're having a negative feeling, which is not something that you want your opponent to be going through. And it's just whether you you care enough about what they're feeling. Um, but if you if you do have rapport with them, try and connect with them. Like Dustin said, like you know you know what is it about this that's that's you know pissing you off? Do you want to unpack it? Um, it and you know. I'm, I'm real sorry. I didn't didn't know that this was uh, going to get that reaction from you. Do you want to do something different? Especially if it's not a tournament game, just like, oh, do you want to oh, yeah. just leave it there? Or, like, do you want to just, un- I'll just take my CP back and we'll keep playing? Like, you know, doesn't matter. Um, or, do you know, do you want a little take back, see? You know, doesn't doesn't really matter either. Uh, or, you do what Dustin just said. Be like, you know, there's no point in me engaging with this. It's not. It's only going to make my game worse. Uh, and so I'm just going to be like, yeah, sure, man. Like, yeah, I'm. So, I'm sorry. This, this, this is the rules. I'm just playing the rules. And um, yeah, apologies if that's uh, you know 
not something you foresaw, or because usually, usually it's just literally something, uh, either an aberration of dice or it's something they did not foresee. It's it's something yeah. that was not calculated, was not foresaw, was not taken into account when decision making occurred. That's caused the salt, so to speak, the negative emotion. Yeah, so 100%. going going back to that point. Um, as a player, if it's possible, and being like, would you like to change something? I found is the easiest way to do it. That's that's a good thing to bring up too. I, I didn't say that because that's I generally don't get to that point in my game. So I always make sure that I tell my opponent everything that I can do, whatever. The, yeah. I, I'm very upfront with that. So like, if your if your opponent is feels like they might have gotten gotchas, that's that's a great way to go back and say, oh, if, you, yeah. if yeah, I didn't realize you didn't know I could do that, would you like to like? Yeah, cool. Like rewind time a little bit here because I like I didn't know you. I didn't want to catch you with this and kind of thing because counterpoint. Gotcha, counterpoint. Oh, oh, oh. You okay. revel in their pain. And okay. And more yeah, go, go, go uh, back to the dark city. Okay. Yeah. You pull out your phylactery and be like, charge up, <laughs> charge it up with your pain, sir. Charge it. Um, but obviously, if they are just a negative individual and they, in you know, I have met people who just seem to enjoy being salty. It's just like yeah, it's a true. mode of their personality, and I avoid those people like to play because I've, I've, I've had, I've had that. I think we've all had that where like there's a person who you play and they just seem to be the person who complains about everything all the time, Correct. even though yeah. they're kicking your butt and oh, they're like, no time for that. oh my god, complaining yeah. the whole time. You're like, you're winning this game. Why are you being so negative about yeah. everything? You're kicking my butt right now. Hmm. Fair. All right. Uh, Dick Vanderhaast, one of the men with the, the greatest names on the planet. Um, hey, guys, good to have you. My question relates to reps versus the new hotness. How much do you favor reps with an army versus playing the new thing that is broken slash looks really good? I have the wrong two guys. Yeah, you do. For this question. Because <laughs> uh, you guys are both very dedicated. That was going to be my answer. What yeah. faction do I play was going to be my yeah. answer. And then that was the question. Dustin plays the hive mind, and that's it. And uh, Scary is a Necron player, as we know. That's right. Um, no, yes, that's right. Scary, the, Scary the old. I hear that, Dick. Hear that, Dick. That's right. Scary the Necron got, player. I have, I have your head on my on my trophy case. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but gents, uh, we'll talk to this to the best of our ability. Dustin, uh, reps versus the new hotness. I mean, okay. Well, I'm going to take a look at this as uh, I would as a meta chaser, somebody who is going from. Army to army, like it is definitely more valuable to get reps, no matter how you look at it. Because even if you're playing the new hot, hotness, you do still need to get your reps in with that new hotness in order to learn its ins and outs and learn its matchups, learn how to play yep. those matchups yep. too. So while even if you are going to jump to the best faction, you still need reps more than you need that new faction. I agree, sense, right? I, I I think that's a it's my that's almost exactly my philosophy. Sky, anything to add? Reps is so important, but it's not just reps. It's you have to sort of like you have to have a, it's a mentality thing, right? Because just because my list is good doesn't mean you're going to be win games with it. Yep. Right. That's like a philosophy that I live by. Just because my list, is, you know, like if you copy someone's list doesn't mean you're going to do instantly well with it. You have to take your own sort of like spark and put it into a list in order to really make it work and the only and if you you can either be following the meta or you can be making the meta right so as a person i think reps make meta whereas list sort of follows meta so if you want to make reps you could actually turn the meta into something with enough reps like you could make an have enough of an impact by putting the work and effort into it and 
going against the grain and creating a meta list or creating lictor shame, right? And then everybody yeah. goes, what the heck is this? And then you change the meta by mm. playing enough games with something that it sort of like just has a, a like a shift in the entire like philosophy of the game at a, at a worldwide scale, right? And it's just something that that's why reps are so important. I think 100% yeah. reps beat out on everything else. I think there we're starting to see a. Um, I mean, this has come with the you know the professionalization of a lot of uh, tournament level players. You know things like Art of War. The you know things like um, what are the what are the do the UK boys the Europe Europe guys that are going to win the team the the 40k teams this year in the ITC. Uh, David Gaylard, Vic Vijay's team, uh, Ignite Team Ignite guys are like they are at a professional standard who. You know, most of those guys play a huge, diverse range of factions as it is. Um, that is where I see the new hotness guys because they play so many reps of the game rather than playing the reps of a faction that they're able to pick everything up and, and play everything uh, to a very high degree. Art of War Boys would be another great example, like what Jack Harpster did in the year that he won the ITC where he played like four different factions, one event with four different factions, sometimes writing the list on his way to the event with no reps, stuff like that, just because he plays so much 40K is intrinsically surrounded by so much 40K that a rep is just a rep and mm -hmm. being sharp is just enough. Um, for us, us lowly plebs, and I'm talking to two WTC players here <laughs> and as somebody who's played WTC. Um, uh, yeah, reps, reps is everything. But for me, um, I get to, and the, the, the second part of um, Dick Van der Haas's question is I'm at a point where I feel comfortable going into anything with these Chaos Knights, but I feel the call of the new crons and going back to my roots. I am of the point 100% go back to your roots. When you feel that comfortable with a faction that you can play into anything with it, I put you into the, you know, so there's the three levels of um, expertise with any, any given task. There's the beginner, journeyman, and expert. As soon as you hit that expert level with a faction, you don't really need to have the, the constant churn of reps, I believe. I believe you like if you wanted to go back to CK for like a bigger tournament, do a couple of tune up games. Do you know do five tune up reps? And that would be enough to get you back to the expert level where you left off. Whereas, you know, if you go and play, you know, new Necrons now, you could have a brand new perspective on how to play your Chaos Knights coming out of it. And you will learn how to play Chaos Knights into Necrons, etc., and vice versa. So I'm of the opinion that Dustin's absolutely right. The best way if it is to play into the new hotness, if you can, especially if you're a faction specialist. Or going further than that, if you can play as the new hotness whilst still being like a Chaos Knights player, that's even better. That's one step better. You, there's no better way to learn how to beat an army than playing as that army. Mm -hmm. um, and there's there's literally no equivalent. It is the equivalent of playing into it five times is the way I equate it in my head. But like just seeing the mechanics of it yourself and being in control of all those mechanics um, is just worth five reps of games versus them. Um, yeah. And you will identify the win conditions so much quicker and, and so much better for it. it as a, it also like as a, so, as a faction expert, right? Same with like Dustin. I think one of the things that we get to do that a lot of people don't is we have the luxury of trying stupid stuff. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> because you know, a lot of the times, let's call it off meta. Okay, <laughs> off meta. But like, yeah. But like, you know, there was a period I play so many reps with the faction, and you know, I play so many games of just in general that you can sort of afford to take some of that time and just 
try stuff that's against the grain without feeling like you're wasting the time because you need to practice for an event or something like that because you know kind of what works and so you know this is like a standard competitive list or whatever that i take and you know variations of that but then you go you know what i want to try i want to try all this you know how many planes can i fit into a list and still be effective or you know i'm going to build a list with damn planes Triple Court of the Archon, triple like <laughs> Emonculus, Rax, triple Beast Pack, right? And just see, can I make a horde list that's like pretty tanky? You know, just silly things, right? And uh, But you don't really get to that point unless you have enough reps that you can kind of try stuff out and feel comfortable with it. Mm. I think that is another another great point. Um, all right. El Husian Canadian. Um has asked uh no questions just want to wish everyone merry christmas um and also asked will you guys be attending the winter open in march uh maybe the witch open the winter the winter open. open where is that the toronto it's the oh, toronto the, yes the i'm gonna be there i'm gonna be there yeah, i'll be there Hell for yeah. sure 100 percent. beautiful i've got i've got uh i've got i've got hell to pay my chest clock is coming with me this time wow <laughs> beautiful <laughs> All right. Uh, last of the questions before we get into the naughty or nice. Uh, Kevin has asked, um, favorite armies slash units they've built or are excited about for 2024? Hmm. <clears throat> um, let's just say I have, I am, I have an entire, this is the thing I'm probably, one of the most excited things that I have excited about is Tomb Kings. I have my old Ooh, Tomb yeah. King army. And this is not 40k, but like I've had this Tomb King army for 20 years. And for the last like 10 years with, you know, what was it? Uh, since when When was Age of Sigmar released? I don't remember. But I feel like it was a long time ago. And yeah. ever since then, they've been in a box. Nine and, years. Oh, so I'm, that's oh, literally what I'm excited about. I had all these old ones that I hadn't built yet. And just seeing all this old world stuff getting uh, like previewed and whatnot has got me building Tomb Kings for the first time yeah. in 20 years, which I'm so excited about. Fantastic. Uh, Dustin? For me, I think the one that I'm more excited about right now, and it's going to seem kind of lame to most of you, I'm sure, but I uh, just converted up some Toroxes to add to my, potentially add to my GSC list when I want to. So I didn't like the tracks. I wanted to look more like Goliaths. Yep. So I kind of changed them with the wheels there. And I've, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to put those on the table because they're kind of cool. And they're nice. Like half the cost of a freaking Goliath and do almost the same thing. So, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> whatever. Uh, um, so, favorite, what's the, fa- uh, Sky, what's the favorite army you fielded this year? Ooh. Um, I really like, is look, Dark Eldar, that just wins down, hands down, just in general. But my favorite was playing the Necrons at the WTC because it was different, but I yep. kind of like fell into the role that I was given like so well. I was very, I was, I had so much fun with that list. It was very fun and I just enjoyed Excellent. it a lot. It was just very robust and it just felt great playing it. Uh, Dustin, your favorite army or list from this year? Uh, the boom bus list. I, the one I was talking about with all the guys that would blow up the transport they're in and then use demo. <laughs> that, I got to use it for one tournament and I, ironically that was the fall open. So <laughs> now the winter will be coming up, but, uh, yeah, no, that was, that, that list was so much fun to play. That was, 
Yeah, that was it was not okay. Excellent. All right, let us go into our naughty or nice list. So I'm just going to throw out stuff to you guys, and sometimes these will just be us just saying naughty or nice, and sometimes we will need to discuss. But um, a minimum, you have to say either naughty or nice to each one of these topics, and I think there are about 25, 30. All right, first up, Home Alone. Um, naughty. I'm going to go with nice. Why, why naughty, Scary? Because who doesn't like some good old-fashioned... Uh, physical violence. <laughs> so he's okay. So you're using naughty as a good thing. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going nice. Because uh, yeah, I always watch this at Christmas time. It is fantastic. We just the first one. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, I did this as well. And we we're watching the second one later in the week, I think. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's meant the first, the first one as well, not the the fifth or seventh or seventeenth. There's only two. There are only exactly right. There are only, there are only, two. only yeah. two. The others. What others? There are only two. Just like Alien. Just like. And uh, <laughs> yes, I had to think about that. Right. Kevin wasn't that bad, but all right. Um, fruitcake, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I tend to uh, agree. I'm gonna go naughty, yeah. I like a mince tart, like a fruit mince tart at Christmas time, but fruitcake, I mean, I douse it with like butterscotch sauce and custard, and therefore it doesn't It's even a texture matter. thing for me, it's too gooey. When people call yeah. me fruit cake, fruit cake, I take it as an insult. So obviously, I don't like it. I, That's fair. That's fair. All right. So we're going I think naughty it's on quite that one. Peachy. <laughs> the, all right. Um, listening. So I have a but. So this one is says just listening to the part two first. I'll have a lot of miscreants and a lot of uh, deviants in my uh, patron who listen to part two before they listen to part one of my show, and it's now it's a running gag that they they uh, try and, and get a rise out of me with. Um, but do you guys think that is naughty or nice? Hmm. Entitled. Ooh, that, that's not one of the options. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Hopefully, that pisses them off. <laughs> <laughs> because they can, but right, they, they but, and, and oh, they people who can. aren't on the patron can't. So they're just rubbing in everybody's face. Fair, okay. Dustin. I call it nice, actually. Yeah, just, just yeah. wielding a bit of privilege. Just being like, you know what? Not even. It's just a matter of that they're supporting you, just a different way of getting a rise. That means they're engaging with you. So. Yeah, and really, I, I, in truth, and I'll say this once, I really don't care. I just find it funny <laughs> to talk about. It. Yeah, uh, I find it kind of adorable. I, I, I take the support wherever I can get it. Um, all right, naughty or nice? G Dub's care for Admech. Ah, uh, that's pretty hard. Naughty, I think. Yeah, but yep. no, no, naughty, silly games workshop crumble, crumble. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, three to six model unit sizes, and then pr- is, is in brackets, primarily Primaris Infantry. Nice. I think it's naughty. Why? Uh, I, think, I think it's trash. Why? Well, it doesn't fit in the freaking transports. You just have to take one out, whatever. And pay the same amount of points. Yeah, as the- <laughs> who cares? If you really need them to be in transport, just don't take six. I remember uh, when the Indexes first came out and I played a bunch of Dark Angels games. And one of them, of course, I played with the Unforgiven Tark Force. And I put five Blade Guard and a Blade Guard Ancient in a repo- in an Impulsor because, of course, you can't fit seven. Because, But you still pay the price for six Blade Guard. Um, and I just felt like such a dumbass. I was just like, why is it like this? Why am I losing I've taken, points? I've taken six strong Crusader squads in an impulsor and literally not taking the neophytes just so I can give my impulsor a scout. I call it nice. 
That's you guys are both yuck. Nice because you just need to buy one box and you have your unit now. Like you don't need to mix and match. You don't need to buy two boxes to have a you unit. You know what? And an you extra can guy. use that extra dude for another lieutenant. <laughs> Yay, lieutenant! Yay. What the hell? What the hell are lieutenants? <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next one. Prospects for getting a Botan Codex in 2025. Mm. Uh, they, could be, they could be coming in 2024. But have they, to- uh, have they told us? The, have they told us every Codex is coming in 2020? In, in next year? I don't year? think so. No. I don't know. All I know is that at least you won't get squatted again. Ooh. Oh, no, that's nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, and then chances of the Votan Codex being well balanced. Uh, oh, that's naughty. No. That's, yeah, that's definitely naughty. naughty. That's like, yeah. what you do know we're talking about Games Workshop, right? <laughs> uh, um, the chances of this gent uh, getting to tee up a casual game with any of us the next time we are in Brisbane, uh, Queensland, Australia. Uh, nice. Nah, lovely. Yeah, and nice. Absolutely. Why not? Um, all right, moving on to the next ones. LVO 2023 and the Sisters Terrain by G- uh, FLG. So the FLG Sisters Terrain at um, 2023. The scandal being people did not know that was going to be one of the terrain sets in the terrain pack. Nice. Um, 100% nice. Oh, 100% nice. That, it was that, the best yeah. terrain set. It was the it best. Was, it was. It was, like it was the, the best one. It was by far. All of yeah. the others are terrible. <laughs> Correct. And But but when I mean, everyone was planning to be playing on bad terrain, and then they ended up playing on good you terrain. You know what? Like, you know what? Okay. Th- let me go on a little rant here. Okay. Here we go. I come from a, of a generation of gamers where you would go to an RTT, and you did not know. If you were playing on the table they set up at the beginning of setting up the tables, entitled, or the table they set up <laughs> after they ran out of terrain from setting all the other tables up, and when you got to the table, you were you were just sol about what you played on. You either played on the table with two trees and a crater and a hill that was from the fantasy collection because they needed a hill. Right, or you played on the one with all of the buildings, and one you played against Tau. If you played against like in the big open, so just suck it up. Honestly, you just have to be flexible enough to play on anything that they put in front of you and use the tools of the game that you have available. Rent over. I'm giving you a standing ovation. I know you can't see it, but that's. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> new World Eaters models <laughs> codex and Angron. <laughs> New World Eaters Codex. Nice. Yeah, nice. Oh, it was nice, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It doesn't like murder. Yeah. Well, we we all like the Angron model? I do. I do. He's he's awesome. He's awesome. All right. right. Uh, Newly rebranded stud or scrub podcast. Uh, Naughty. Naughty. It's naughty as hell. 100% naughty. Naughty as hell. The release of 10th edition. So the release of 10th edition. Not 10th edition. Nice. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. I'm going I'm, naughty. I'm a sucker for new things. So nice. I like new things. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Arcs of Omen narrative book series release. Nice. Uh, I played a lot of that. 
Did you? Uh, yeah. I think you're the first person I've met who's played any of he the He plays a lot of fluffy no. games. I play, does, I'm does. like, I'm a unicorn, okay? I'm a competitive gamer <laughs> that will crush anyone, but I also love naming all my models and playing Crusade. Well, okay? I call you a triple, I call people like that a triple threat. People who love the lore, love the painting, love the playing. Um, but yeah. Singing, dancing, and performing. I have said this, and I will say, if you want to be a good competitive player, learn how to play Crusade games. What well, do I just? I look at it, and I'm so I'm. It feels like back where we were in like seventh edition, where you just have rules on rules on rules on rules. Sure, a hundred percent. But it's like it's so wacky that you embrace it, and then what it does is it helps you adapt to change a lot better, and the best thing you can do when you're playing competitively is know how to adapt and if and effectively use change to your advantage instead of letting it stress you out and turn you into like a shell of a person that can't compute new information wow okay that's a take yeah yeah that is a take <laughs> moving on uh <laughs> <laughs> I think the Arcs of Omen was just a huge swing and a miss. I, I tried reading some of the fluff as well because, of course, it had the lion in it and stuff like that, and it was bad. Uh, I just played I, a lot of the boarding action stuff, right? I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I played with that... Story, yeah. Yeah, I played a lot of that uh, of that um, of the little boarding action things. Those were really fun. I really enjoyed those little games. There you go. Uh, Desolation Marines. Oh, God, get that Ooh, nice. Naughty. Just... Naughty, just terrible models and problematic AF. Um, uh, yes, yeah, and that makes them nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, now they're being devil's advocate here. They, now they're absolutely they, dead. They spawned innovation, which is why I like them. No, they didn't. Yes, it? they did. The they forced people to make cha- changes to their list based on the fact that you'd see desolation marines. So it spawned like desperation innovation. It didn't spawn shit. <laughs> it made me take Avoid Raven Bomber. That's oh nice. My God, is that so? Is that should that be the next Marine? The 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 Desperation Marine. Desperation <laughs> Marine. Marine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, that's the you're next on one. my naughty that's list it. now. You're on my naughty list. <laughs> uh, all right, the the toilet dice scandal. Nice. Where the gentleman was caught with uh with loaded dice trying I'm to flush him. I loved it. it. It was the scandal, hilarious, naughty. Stop fucking cheating! Like honestly, <laughs> seriously, get the fuck out of here! If you want to cheat at a little toy soldier game, pardon oh my, my language on this podcast. No. But if you feel like you need to cheat at this game, go fuck yourself. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> Dustin and I are freaking fishwise when it comes to the the cursing. But uh, when Scary curses, I yeah, pay attention. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, he's he, he means <laughs> it. <laughs> He's got Ooh, some man. feels. It, yeah, uh, it, it's like it's like watching uh, watch, watching your wife swear. It's it's, it's just throws yeah. you off, you know. I think <laughs> I think the toilet dice scandal is nice because the memes have been amazing. Memes were awesome. So thank you for the memes, uh, Mr. Toilet Dice. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, please please awesome. never never cheat again. But thank you for getting caught. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the World Championships of Warhammer, gentlemen. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. I ended up going to. Uh, uh, the first eight-person team event in North America, which was um, the Beer and Pretzels Open in Sudbury. And I'd already, like, committed to go, like, a year before. Because he was like, I don't know if I should do eight-person teams. I was like, do it. It'll be really fun. He sold out, like, 16 teams of eight in, like, a little place called Sudbury, Ontario. Yes. Which, Google map where this is. It is, <laughs> it is not 
near anything that is Toronto. Okay. Um, and so I went to that, but I, the world, Ch- world championships, Warhammer, amazing, really cool. I'm just sad. It's the same weekend as the narrative. Cause I would like to do both. We're going to mm. do both one year. Let's go. Yep. I don't know how, but we're going to do it. <laughs> we can cosplay during the championships. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I think nice. I think it was actually a fantastic event. I was blown away by the polished execution, the boutiqueness, the how special it felt, and the fact that we had the, the most amazing thing to me about it was that we had one of the most narrative events I've ever seen with cosplay and beautifully executed, just everything in the same room as the best players in the world, cutthroat singles craziness, and they were coexisting in the same building and i think that is a testament in and of itself if everything else wasn't already absolutely amazing um all right uh lion l johnson no you're nice this is a trap is he in the jungle i mean he's the lion of the of the of the forest there's no jungle mate no jungle okay then naughty rock No. So this could be referring to a, a bunch of different things. Um, the, so firstly, Naughty or Nice on the model, the new miniature. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Very nice. Very nice. So nice. So nice. Um, Naughty or Nice on his f- new fluff, if you know it. Um, do not know. All I know is that he gets loan up next to another dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fluff. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. Then you fluff. I, I, I didn't love, I saw, of course I read, I read the book, of course. Um, I didn't love it. Uh, I didn't like the way that they went with it. I thought there were so many better ways that he's just kind of popping up everywhere. He's been asleep for, you know, 10,000 years and now he's just kind of appearing places and is old. Uh, I was just like, okay, I guess we're just not going to explain any of that, which they didn't. And that was quite frustrating. Like that, the, there was no, that nothing really got explained about that crap, and it just seems dumb. Uh, but apart from that, the things that he did, as in like gathering up uh, all the fallen and trying to redeem them and stuff, I thought that was quite nice. I thought that was that's a nice. Uh, and then his rules, are naughty. The rules suck. Oh, no, uh, he's, uh, his very rules very naughty. Sucks so much. That's really disappointing. <laughs> Maybe if he <laughs> drops like 150, 200 points, but. Yeah, he would need to be like two hundred ish for. He's just a beat stick. He doesn't do anything else. He has no meaningful buffs, and especially now with it, his best thing about him was he used to block. He has had an aura of blocking mortal wounds on a four plus, and then they're like, "Well, devastating wounds ain't mortals anymore." So that aura does absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and his rules like they, it's so hit and miss with Games Workshop's like release team. Like I don't understand why it's so hot and cold like you'd think that they'd have some sort of framework right within which they could like deviate from said median you know what i mean but no Mm. it's just sometimes it's just a home run and sometimes we get desolation marines and then sometimes it's wraith knight with dice you know yes anyway all right. Uh, the new guard models that came out at the end of ninth, that being the Kassikin, Lord Solar, and then the o- overall impressions of the, the ninth edition guard codex. Dustin? Uh, I'll go nice, but it's, it's, a, it's a soft nice. Yeah. Uh, I think the I don't like the Lord Solar model. I love the Kassikin and the new Guardsman models otherwise. Uh, but the guard codex gets a bit of a naughty for me. It was, I guess more powerful in ways that I didn't love um, and it felt quite clunky to wield. I mean, I took that to a couple of tournaments and I, yeah, I found it pretty unwieldy 
as in like the the rules were just kind of awkward at mo- and most of the time, but still just somehow OP. Uh, Sky, what about yourself? Uh, I like the new models. I think the new, just new guard models in general look really cool. Like I love just the aesthetic and the kind of the design. Like you had the kill team box sets, right? So they're putting a lot more detail work into like individual miniatures. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, though, when they have been doing these really cool miniatures, it's like the miniatures are getting more and more detailed and more and more nuanced, but they're lowering the amount of sort of kit bashing you can do with them without like really getting good at cutting stuff up and using green stuff because all yeah. the 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 uh, molds are so intricate now that like each piece like interlocks and twists together to get yeah. like, a nice fit and before it was like torso arms legs and so you could grab legs from like a different kid and put them Correct. on and different arms and it, i feel like that converting aspect of the game is like less and less right mm. yeah i do agree with that uh, i uh, yeah actually 100 agree, agree with that uh everything's getting more locked in more bespoke more this is the only bit that will go with this bit uh whereas like i still have just a bits box of just random ass space marine bits and i could probably just pour them out onto glue and a space marine would form uh <laughs> just by be a messed up one but it would be oh yeah it'd be yeah yeah uh it'd be mr mcgreg with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg <laughs> <laughs> uh all right uh die hard is it the best Christmas movie ever, or is there another that is close? Die, so Die Hard is definitely a nice, Yo, nice, hundred percent nice, best also, Christmas movie best ever. Christmas movie ever. Is there another one that's that's close in your mind, gents? Uh, Lord of the Rings extended edition. Like, Ooh. come on. So we were, I was talking about this, and it's not that Lord of the Rings is a Christmas movie. It's just that they all came out around Christmas, so we all associate them with the holiday season. It's um, around this time that I always sit down and watch them again. Why does everybody do that around Christmas time? Because that's when I watched them when I was a kid. Yeah, it's I don't know at the cinema. Yeah, it's and oh. and it's sort of like it's relatable, and I I like it. Relatable. Really wait a minute. It. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait 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 wait. Lord of the Rings is relatable? <laughs> yes. I ca- I'm also Aragorn, okay? Okay, out of all the characters you could have picked, <laughs> that is the wrong one to really Oh man. Nazgul? Um yeah. Um, I I only I only have one that is a contender in my mind for Die Hard and okay. uh, unfortunately it's not Home Alone. It's Gremlins. Oh, okay. That's not okay. Bad. I yeah. freaking one, loved though. Gremlins, this, yeah, Gremlins was like was my Christmas murder movie. Pota- uh, was it Murder Tomatoes? What is it called? What's that movie? Uh, no. The, oh, I, the Killer Tomatoes. Killer Tomatoes. Attack there of the go. Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that for some reason you went into these '80s movies, and I was just thinking. Then you just thought Killer Tomatoes. Killer Tomatoes for some Man, reason. Your mind is uh, <laughs> is on another level than the rest of us, Gary. I can't. I'm sorry. I just remember the commercials with Gremlins and that one, like watching television as a kid. Okay, yeah. Now, now I get now I get the association because I do remember that too. Okay, I get it now. You made that jump without uh, without me catching. (laughs) All right, uh, on to the next one. Is Canada the nicest place on Earth, or do you only allow nice people to leave Canada? So that's what we all think. I'm sorry, you think that way. Yeah, sorry. Uh, am I going to get any more out of yours? I'm having, I've been to Canada twice in the last 12 months, which is crazy. Uh, they are extremely nice people. They have, do have some douchebags. Of course. I, I, I was surprised and impressed by the quality of douchebag in, in Canada at times. Where did you get the douchebags? 
I mean, I, I know they exist. I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely not denying it. Just, just main cities. Every main, you know, every major city is Toronto. Some douchebags. Yeah, it was Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, okay. It all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, uh, Naughty or nice on the 10th edition codexes so far. Are you happy with them and their balance? Um, actually, I am. I, I'm actually going to say nice to this. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. I thought you of all is would be the most likely to say naughty because uh, the Tyranid Codex is. But you know what? I I don't I don't say it's imbalanced though. It's not underpowered. It's not overpowered. I I'm not like it's fine, and it feels yeah. like this. I I'm actually very upset they didn't do a tunneling detachment. That was a that was a huge miss because they have guys yeah. specifically. They've done it for every other time they've done any kind of like formations cool. or whatnot. Yeah. It's like they but dug it, themselves into a hole. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> bang bangs, the cigar with the yeah. Uh, what do you think of these ten edition codexes, mate? Uh, I love how many options they're giving us. Even though, like you know, like standard, they've given us a, a rule release, and you know there are certain detachments that are standing out over the rest of them, right? Like in terms of that. But I, but that granularity, I think, is something that they wanted to work into the design because they wanted to be able to switch things specifically into like make detachments more appealing in updates at least that's kind of what i got from how they were explaining 10th edition in general right so i like the granularity of it where there's like lots of different options we're seeing one or two detachments in each codex be like the standouts right but they they have the potential of being good with tweaking, right? And I do like the fact they're giving you options. It's better than index. You know, of course, that's what we have mm. to compare it to is index 40k. Well, well, index now is just one detachment instead of six. Exactly. Oh, that's what I was about to say. Okay. I was about to say it, it did only do diff- so. My issue is um, if your index detachment is your best detachment, did you get a codex? Uh, well, it comes. Well, it changes the to rules. the rules. Oh no! Okay, no, <laughs> no I'm just. I'm. I'm just. <laughs> I'm messing with you. No, it, to yeah. be honest, they have changed some of the index stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, the index they doesn't have. survive. But yes, you're right. If you're still using the index, they gave you the best one to start with, right? Which is a bit of a bummer. But if you're tired of playing that, you have options. And then again, yeah. if you want to make it work, just play enough games and make it work. Like instead of. Just yeah, make it I mean, work. So, Sorry about it. This de- this design philosophy um, already, uh, and I I literally called this. I think I freaking called this, saying like, this is great as long as they can create an even spread of diverse and interesting detachments. And I think the first cracks have started to show. Case in point, the Admech book. Um, there is one detachment in there that is so much better than the rest, and the rest are extremely niche, needing fixes and or drastic rules changes and data sheet updates to make them even comparable to to yeah. Um, and so that just feels like the the issue is we will, the issue we could get is a worse version of what we had in a lot of eighth and ninth edition books, where you would you know you would get your T sons codex that had nine cults in it and everyone played cult of time uh you know <laughs> and that's that's the only one that was played or everyone only played bloody rose i have no idea what arjun shroud does because i'm a sisters player who has only ever played bloody rose because there is no other viable option and that is what i don't want and that's what my fear is uh, also it's just what um when they're writing the detachments what 
fluff points or can they think of at the time it seems to be is the number that you get when they run out of cool thematic ones to give you they just stop writing them and then there are some obvious ones they miss like there are the identity of the tunneling beasts for tyranids obvious miss but it's okay um, because they invented the harvesters which we've known for a long time are a big thing with tyranids and we've always known that there's <laughs> There's these harvester units that uh, <laughs> tyrannies have in your army that you should be bringing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, ca- you know, case in point, there is a bunch of stuff that they could have done for a myriad of different ones so far. Um, for Necron, I mean, the fact that Necrons, like, didn't get a reanimation protocol enhancing detachment, like, they didn't get a detachment that is just built around their core mechanic, like, their whole identity is reanimating. So here's, here's the one that reanimates yeah. a little bit better. Yep. The fact that that wasn't a thing is just weird. So weird to me. So strange to me. Um, but anyway. No, I'm okay uh, with it. Well, every time they've done that, though, it's been, like, so OP. Like, the current detachment yeah. was the reanimation detachment back in, you mm-hmm. know, what is it, 6th edition or 7th edition, right? And that was, like, the only thing anybody played. That and... You know, mind shackle scarab. Listen, they they just had six months of the Decurie detachment. All right, they're fine. They can they can get over it now. They did. The, you know what? I I've heard of people really enjoying playing with the the Silent King detachment. Right, that makes like Lich Guard better and stuff. Mm. You know, um, that minus one damage to vehicles is pretty good on a test rack vault, yeah. for example. Yeah. yeah, that's not wrong. All right, but moving on, gentlemen. Um, trifle or plum pudding. Ooh, what? Ooh, trifle. Uh, hmm. Trifle. Trifle. Uh, I think trifle. trifle. I think trifle. It's like custard and and lady fingers and jam. Yeah, that's that's stuff. Yeah, yes. Very traditional dessert that that my mom used to make all the time. That's why I love it because it's the thing my mom always makes. Um, Christmas turkey or ham? There is only one right answer here. Well, I know Uh, what Adam wants me to say, but. No, that's not the right answer for Adam. I do like ham, though. I do I'll like, see. I love, as long as it's maple, ha- like maple ham, then then maple ham. But like, which one do I like better? Which one do I think is more Christmassy? Oh, you just say which one you like better, mate. Uh, whichever one I like better, I like ham better. So I like ham. And I'm just going to put it out there again in the ether. Turkey is the worst eating bird. <laughs> <laughs> of all the birds that you can consume, turkey is the shittest. I said it. <laughs> uh, gobble, Moving gobble, on. gobble. Uh, what codex are you most looking forward to next year? Oh, next, I mean, do we know which codex is coming out next year? I'm, I'm about to actually Google it for us, just so we know. But please, I don't think I know. I, I don't. I don't think my favorite is going to be coming out next year. I don't year. think mine is either. So I, I would care less. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and Necrons, Necrons has already been released, so I guess I'm excited about that one. But, um, but, 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 right, 40k roadmap. Let's go. What do we got going? Uh, so we have Dark Angels and Orcs, and that we know of, and then Custodes, Tau, and Chaos Space Marines. That is what they have told us so far. Oh, sorry. Um, apologies. Um, then, yeah. Uh, and then after that, we are getting GSC and Sisters. Oh, there in it summer. is. There it is. Hell yes. Wait. In the summer, could I get it before WDC? Oh my god! Oh yeah. So spring, <laughs> oh. so spring twenty twenty four, uh, spring twenty twenty four, we will be getting uh, Dark Angels, Orcs, Custodes, Tau, and Chaos Space Marines, and then in the summer, we are getting GSC Sororitas, Sororitas Sisters, uh, and one that is redacted. So who knows? Uh, oh well, if that's Zelda, then I'm excited. 
it's, to- totally it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, dark mechanicus. Cause that's definitely something that's coming. Oh yeah. Baby. Give me back door and friends. Um, I am, or what, which of those am I most looking for? Of course, no, of course it's dark angels, right? <laughs> it's my baby. Um, but yeah, easy. All right. Uh, last question. Uh, what do you want from the January data slate? Um, uh, I mean, okay. I want a couple things. I want Chaos Space Marines need to have the. Oh, if we figured out exactly what to do with the uh, the marks too. Like, okay, well, they need to not be able to go into different mark transports for one, because that's dumb. Yep, that that is just stop. And what was the other one? Actually, you know what? I would like to just not be able to mix and match marks in general. Like, like attack. Yeah, Heck yeah. Like, I mean, if you if you, if you are bringing Chaos Space Marines, you pick. Are you going to be Nurgle marked, or are you going to be Zinch marked? Are you going to be Slanesh marked? None of this mixing and matching stuff. That's what, that's old school being able to mix and match attachments, and nobody else can do it. So stop it. <laughs> nice. Um, Agreed. Sorry. I think uh, like? I w- well, based on the fact that they weren't afraid to change stuff in the last balanced data slate. Like for Votan and literally yep. change like detachment rules. I want a detachment for my Dark Eldar that actually does something. Please, for the love of everything that's holy, I just want a relevant detachment. What do you mean? Your detachment get rerolls on every here, there, and everywhere. No, no, that's actually... the army rule. The army rule's fantastic. Oh, true. Sorry. The detachment yeah, rule is take a succubus, a homunculus, and an archon and get one more pain token. You see Look how correct you were? Because I didn't even do. know. I didn't even know that was yeah, the rule. It is the most. <laughs> anyway, hopefully that's what I want. I want uh, pre- that's I uh, totally selfish I'm for me. Pretty thing. sure that when the Dark Eldar Codex comes out, that is not going to be the best attachment. And I if it is, certainly, Scarry's going to murder somebody. It can be put into the into the past and buried and never spoken of again. Fair. All right. Um, what would I like? Oh, sorry, is there anything else we would like, gents? Uh, I, I still feel like Eldar need to get toned down just a little bit. It's not even a lot. It's like one or one thing, and it's well, mostly fate dice. But ooh, please change servo skills, please. You know, like oh, yeah, like change some of these missions that are just wildly not balanced. Like they did uh, last edition. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just just tweak them. You know what I mean? Just give us something that isn't that. Like they're clearly just a little too skewy. So it'd be mm. nice for them to like take some time to work on those. I would really like uh, them to, to wheel back some of the points changes on the GSC because they got hit twice. You can just <laughs> do one or the other. We didn't need both, all right? When I can, when I take out one squad of my GSC and can fit two Chimeras and 20 Catachins for that cost, that's not okay. <laughs> I'm breaching. I'm trying to find, I'm scrambling trying to find my little violin here. Where is it? Shut up. Um, I would like them to see. I would like to see them roll back the bondsman change on Imperial Knights. Yeah, that's fair. That keep, is fair. Uh, keep the rest of it. Keep the tower and the Overwatch the same. Just see see if that's enough to bring them into the middle of the pack. Um, I would like them to see the. I think it was the points changes on Custodes because I think they got the points changes and they got the and they got the rules changes and they got the unit sizes. So they should roll back the points changes on Custodes. I think I'd like to see it all become a little bit cheaper. 
they they really just can't win any trade wars at the moment. A Chaos Space Marines, um, yeah, a lot needs to be done. Chaos Space Marines, um, a Curse Cultist. Uh, I don't know what's better here to just hit them with points or to change the stratagems that gas them up or to stop them from resurrecting so much. But one of those three things needs to change. Uh, Chosen just need points. I'd be happy with just points and or. Um, Make Chaos Undivided worse. Just make the stratagem worse somehow. Make it reroll once to hit once to win instead of four rerolls uh, on everything because that's just absolutely judicious. Obnoxious. Obnoxious. And Chaos Lords go up in points. That's prob- probably enough there. Eldar is weird, yeah, because I feel like if you increase their points anymore, they just don't have an army. Uh, Night Spinners need to be drop, punt, kicked into the that- sun. The night spinners are the problem. <laughs> Delete the take take away the ability to the the advance. Take don't let just half advances please on them, and they'd be they'd be a lot less bad. Um, but then they still just do too much damage. I don't know. Uh, and yeah, I just fate dice are just trash. Just just piss them off. I hate face dice. Uh, something needs to be done as well. Still, something needs to be done about the Yinkan. I don't understand how they've taken away so many feel bads in the game, and then the Yinkan's just smashing Timmy's left, right, and center. Because, you know, it's just, if you're not like somebody who's well versed in the game, that thing is just the nightmare of all nightmares to get your head around. Uh, and the Night Spinners are like the perfect activator for it. So that's kind of a, a twofer. Uh, apart from that, I think the middle of the pack of the game is, is a relatively healthy place. Um, this is a balanced data slate that could just buff the bottom, clip the top, and probably be fine. But I would, like Scary, I would really like to see a little bit of juice uh, injected into the missions because we're only six months in, but I'm already a little bit, a little bit bored of the missions, a little bit dull on the missions. Um, does that resonate with any of you guys? Yep. No, I can agree. Yep. Oh, hundred percent. I think that's uh, you know. Also, oh, it's been oh. nice to. It's been nice. Something I would actually like to see, like moving forward, is great. By the way, huge props to Games Workshop for what they did with like the Leviathan Tournament Pack. I think yes. setting like a standard for competitive play is great. Something I would like to see though is them use different types of terrain on their boards, not just hmm. ruins. So, like yeah. having having like because there's rules for obstacles and there's rules for hills and there's rules for you know forests and it would be nice that it would be nice to have like non-breachable terrain right that's like that forces you to play around it or whatever and i think they could take the time to just develop a couple of other like layouts that would sort Mm -hmm. of like spice it up a little bit and and allow us to use more of the terrain um that they even make right that isn't just building ruins right yeah yeah, I gen- generally agree. Um, the only other thing I would really like to see them do, and please, you dub, please, 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 please do this. Uh, deploy Teleport Homers. Nerfed, destroyed, annihilated. It's such a boring maker of the game. It is just, it is the boring, non interactive maker of 40K right now. Um, change it, alter it, make it only, make it not no points in the middle of the table, make it only points in your opponent's deployment zone or something, but uh, it needs to go. It needs to change. It's just too good. Uh, but in its place, I would like to see more. Um, fixed secondary options because as it sits right now, they're all kind of meh. Um, it's just uh, do you or do you give me auto points? <laughs> if not, cool. I guess I'm going in with tactical. Uh, but on that note, we will wrap this up. Unless you boys want to speak to that, sorry. No, I think you covered it. No, I think you got it. Um, thank you so much again for coming on, gentlemen. Uh, please go over and check out some good old stud and or scrub podcast goodness or some battle reports from them, or everything that Skari does. He is a holistic content machine, a uh, man after my own heart. And uh, we will see you next week. Hopefully you've had a wonderful and joyous holiday uh, time and you know, you've know got to do some things that you want to do with it. And uh, yeah, hopefully you're feeling fat 
and loved and happy and content with uh, your 2023. Dustin, say your good night, mate. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having us on. Say your good night, Scary. Good night. And here is to a great 2024, everyone. Love you all. Thank you so much for the support. See you next year. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.